Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. Politicians are involved in policing. I've seen it firsthand. They are giving orders. For example, in the city of Calgary, it was the mayor that decided to arrest the people. And a man was arrested when the mayor told the police, arrest him. Well, everybody, welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laurel Lynn Tyler Thompson, and it's great to be with you. I always like to start by uh, reading from my dad's Bible. Today, it just kind of flopped open to Hosea 4, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Oh, that's a very serious moment from God. And you know what he's saying? Is that when you forget me, when you forget to stand up for me, when you forget to preach my word and to stand strong in what God's principles are, then he makes some decisions based on that, doesn't he? Now, that is Old Testament, so there's a lot of grace that we know that God gives, and this is a dispensation of grace, and we we're grateful for God's grace, but I know one thing that we're standing for here, and that is a personal motto for me, is that I would speak loudly for the truth and for justice. And there's another roaring lion in our nation, and his name is Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. He's known uh, worldwide at this point, and uh, he's getting a lot of airtime down in the United States of America because they find his case fascinating because most People in North America think that we have freedom and something was proven to be not quite the case for Canada. And so take a look at this clip, which outlines uh, the latest um, the latest court appearance that Pastor Archer was at and how they have filed uh, in order to find justice in his situation. So uh, good afternoon and uh, thank you everybody for uh, coming today. My name is uh, Chad Williamson. Uh, this is Josh Hobbs. We're counsel with uh, Williamson Law, and my firm represents uh, Art and David uh, Pavlovsky. Uh, as plaintiffs in a new civil claim filed at the Court of King's Bench against the government of Alberta, Alberta Health Services, the Calgary Police, uh, the RCMP, the City of Calgary, Canada Post, and a number of presently unknown defendants. Wow. Okay. So that took place on Wednesday, I believe, of this week. And uh, Pastor Archer, you've decided that you're going to be going after uh, those that have really done wrong by our Canadian Constitution and by yourself. Tell us about it. Yeah, Laura, I'm super, super excited. I mean, justice demands restitution. We have been defending ourselves for uh, too long, too long. We have been on a defensive mode. We have been hammered without mercy. As you know, I have been charged over 40 times, multiple arrests in and out of jail, in and out of courts. And we were simply not able to defend ourselves, to fight back. But now when all of that has been pushed aside, when we have won pretty much every single case, including a court of appeals, and now we have filed our final uh, court of appeal case for my sermon to the truckers. As you remember, 
on September. Uh, well, that was my sentencing. Uh, the judge, this corrupted judge, uh, Gordon Krinky, has found me guilty on all charges, including eco-terrorism for a 19-minute sermon to the truckers. He also said that everyone that took part of the Freedom Convoy is a criminal. And uh, what a comparison right now to what we are observing on the streets of our cities uh, right now with the Palestinian, with the Gaza craziness, uh, with this whole uh, thing that we witnessed, uh, you know, unfolding in the past few months. It looks like one law for me, one law for thee. So the time has come. And I mean, this is what's on my heart. The time has come to go after the villains. The time has come to let the people know. I think Canadians deserve to know who did this to them. The officers didn't just show up on their own. They were sent. Someone told them to go. Someone told them to harass. Someone told them to ticket us. Someone told them to arrest us. Someone told them to break the law in the name of the law. And justice, like I said thousands of times, demands restitution. There has to be, something has to be done. And I, I believe that's why the Nuremberg trial was so important, because it sent a very clear message to the uh, want to be villains in the future, look what can happen to you. And I believe that's why this trial, this lawsuit is so important because we're not just going after corporations, we're going after individuals, Jane Doe, John Doe, um, uh, during uh, the proceedings, during the, you know, discoveries we will be able to uncover as well, who did this to us, who was sending them. And and, and again, that that is, is a super exciting moment in history because also it sends a message to the people. If Pawlowski's family, a little Art Pawlowski and David can do it, that means I can do it as well. It sends a message to the villains. Look, you can just keep robbing us, harassing and raping and murdering us without consequences. The sooner or later, we, the people, we will rise up and we'll push back. And that's exactly what we're doing right now, Laura. We are pushing back with everything we have. I mean, I am so excited because this case, Arthur Pulaski's case, David's case, is so well documented. We got hundreds of videos. We have arrests that went around the world. We have documents from jail of the atrocities that, did, that, that they did to us. My brother David was arrested uh, with me multiple times for nothing. Everything was done illegally. The courts already ruled that those things were done to us illegally. So I think it's a next step, if you will, to go after the real criminals. We were painted as criminals. Now let's go after the real villains, uh, the real criminals. And just like Chad, our lawyer, stated in a video, uh, we're going after a massive, massive amount of uh, villains. We're going after corporations, Calgary Police, RCMP, Alberta Health Services. As you remember, I was placed in psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors. I mean, totally everything they've done to me and my family was illegal. And, uh, and, and that's what makes me super excited because from a defense mode, Poor me from the approach of victims or look what they have done to us. Now we can finally go and be like David's using whatever God is giving us, going after the uncircumcised 
Philistines uh, telling them, look, your heads are coming down. We're coming after not just your head, Goliath. We're coming after all of you villains and justice will be served so sooner or later. So uh, your treatment while you were in prison was also really bad. Is, is this something uh, we were all very grieved and heartsick? Uh, it uh, seemed inhumane, uh, some of the things that happened. Will this also be addressed in this lawsuit? Oh, yes, 100%. Well, let me read something to you. Uh, on a page 17 of the, of the claim, we are going after the villains, and um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a page 17, uh, point 98. Generally, some of the particulars of this, of the unlawful conduct of the defendants include, but it's not limited to, listen to that, corruption. Um, malicious persecution, abuse of process, false arrest and false imprisonment, malicious um, procurement and execution of search warrants, uh, intentional infliction of nervous shock, a breach of privacy, unlawful discrimination, battery and assault, cruel and unusual punishment, breaching the principles of natural justice, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It's a almost 40-page massive document. Of course, uh, Laura, you know my story, David's story is very well documented. We have everything that we are alleging. It will be very hard for the government to defend this case because of what the, the level, the intents of the evil uh, that they have unleashed on us. So all of this, my arrests, treatments, um, when we were in a police custody, what they've done, what the police officers did to us. I mean, I remember I was taken to the police, um, to, to the police jail, uh, to the spy hill upside down. I don't know if you remember, you're having a picture of my arrest in the middle of the highway. Those officers put me upside down, handcuffed, legs sticking out, head on the ground. So those are uh, tactics that were used against us. They tortured me. As you remember, they put me in metal cages on, uh, you know, in solitary confinement. They put me in uh, concrete cells without water, without washroom, right on concrete. When we were arrested with David, in the middle of the highway, we spent three days and two nights on concrete. Completely inhumane and completely illegal. You are not allowed to do that under the law. But yet those officers, they thought to themselves that because they have a badge, they can literally get away with murder. They can do whatever they want. And our politicians, unfortunately, are thinking the same thing. So here is what this lawsuit, and let's put it this way. Why is this lawsuit so important? Because it will uncover, it will put the dots together. This lawsuit will be able to tell you by turning the stones um, over, looking underneath, we will be able to know who was sending them, who was telling them. Um, all the meetings behind the closed doors and off the camera, I would like to know what was said over there, who was present. And I think Canadians are waiting for something like this. And because my story was so international, oh, someone is, our story was um, an international story that went all over the world, back and forth many times. 
I think that there is a huge interest in finding out who was behind this. Was the premier, was the mayor, was the attorney general, we're going after the attorney general of Canada as well, um, why I was arrested and um, um, you know, charged with criminal charges for just coming and trying to buy a stamp stamp in a Canadian, um, you know, in a store, in the Canada Post, why I was arrested ultimately for just trying to pick up my registered mail. Who was behind this? Who was giving them orders? As you remember, when we went to exercise our right to a peaceful assembly, a peaceful protest, me and my brother David, we were arrested in the middle of the snow under the bridge. And I listened to the officer in charge of this arrest talking to someone on a phone and saying, oh, there is uh, Artopolowski here. What do we do? Well, charge him as well. They were making stuff up as they were going. That's the thing mm -hmm. that is the most shocking. There was no warrants for our arrests. They were making stuff up every time uh, we were showing up and making an impact against their tyranny. For example, when I was coming from the United States, as you remember, I stepped out of the plane. We called them. We called them. There is a one-hour flight from Montana to Alberta. I called my lawyers asking if there is a warrant for my arrest. I was told there is no warrant for my arrest. There is nothing. And yet, an hour later, I stepped out of the plane and they made that stuff up and there were suddenly warrants, multiple warrants for my arrest, including criminal charges for baptizing my daughter, including criminal charges for inciting people to come to church, officiating an illegal gathering, participating in illegal gathering, not wearing a muzzle. They were making stuff up as they were going, which is completely illegal. I want to know who was giving them orders. And I think you would like to know that. And this lawsuit is going to give us an enormous, a huge opportunity to uncover the truth. And if you know anything about Ardo Pulaski, you know, I will be feeding you, I'll be letting the public know who was who, or who is still who in this zoo of criminal enterprise because that's what we are dealing with we're dealing with criminals we're dealing with gangsters uh, we are dealing with traitors to the canadian people and uh, someone has to uncover this uh, this someone has to uh, let the public know who those people are what their intentions were and why was it done to us well, we're just so grateful for you because something that's happening, I mean, a moment ago I had politicians have no role in police decisions, Freeland says, uh, on Rebel News Arrest. And I don't know if you saw this, but I'll quickly play it. This is more bad behavior. Take a look. Ms. Freeland, how come the IRDC is not a terrorist group? Why is your government supporting Islamo-Nazism? What? 
you know, this whole thing was staged. You can see clearly. I mean, if you look into this man's eyes, and Laura, of course, you know, I deal with people on a regular basis. I deal with liars on a regular basis. As a pastor, that's what you do. Um, I'm telling you, this whole thing was staged. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't believe in what he's doing. He was told to do this. And you can tell, you can the clearly tell that this yeah. whole thing is like a theater. And that was their stage. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they were told to harass him. They were told to arrest this man. And they did it like a mindless robots, Nazis, Gestapos of today. They're just following orders of their Nazi minions. Um, because don't kid yourself, Canada is not a free Canada is not a democracy anymore. There's no such a thing as a democratic process in this country. We need to bring it back. We need to restore this back. And look at those cops, mindless robots, no brain, not thinking, hey, this is a reporter. Maybe there's something sinister going on here. And that's exactly what they've done to me. They were not thinking. They were just blindly following orders like the Nazis of old. When they were told during the Nuremberg trial, why were you doing this? Uh, they all said, well, we are just following orders. We're just doing what we are told to do. Um, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. God has given us brain. Use it, at least from time to time. And if you are working in the capacity of a law enforcement agent, there should be a higher standard on you. People yeah, you would are think. watching, you and they've think. lost faith. And, and they haven't pressed, they haven't uh, followed through, because, of course, there's nothing to follow through on, and they look, they look terrible. Some of the actions that have been caught on video by our police officers, uh, I, I remember in Ottawa, they took this, this older, little elderly man and just threw him around on the ice. Like, it was so heartbreaking. They're so stupid. They take horses and march them into unarmed civilians standing up for for their um, their freedoms, you know, not wanting to take a shot or whatever. Like, all of these things. And now, Christia Freeland today, or yesterday, uh, on my share, JT, politicians have no role in police decisions, uh, Freeland, on the rebel news arrest. And it's, you know, politicians... Like, do we really believe that? Like, when it gets to a certain level, do they have no um, no lordship over the police? Because we've seen that Trudeau made decisions that basically, you know, put, um, put, put the police uh, on guard to do the bidding of the government. Yeah, I'm telling you 100%. Um, that politicians are involved in policing. I've seen it firsthand. They are giving orders. For example, in the city of Calgary, it was the mayor that decided to arrest the people. And a man was arrested when the mayor told the police, arrest him. And, and he was arrested and charged. So it's a big fat lie because one law for me, a totally different law for 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 you, for them, I guess, um, they are using the law enforcement as they please to forward their agenda. And it's happening all the time. Um, so she's a liar. She's actually a pathological liar. If I was a king of Canada, this woman with her entire 
government would be charged with treason. Those uh, people have committed acts of treason and they should be charged with that. Um, but it is what it is. They think they can get away with murder. They can get away with anything they want. They think that there are no, there is zero accountability, that there are no checks and balances. And that's why I believe this lawsuit is so important that um, will uncover this uh, criminal plot um, of uh, the politicians and the law enforcement agents. So look, I was arrested for uh, delivering a 90-minute sermon to a peaceful trackers on a private property where I told them multiple times to stand for God and state given rights, but do it peacefully, no guns and swords. Those people here that we are watching, they are blocking the streets and instead of being harassed like we were and intimidated and arrested. They're being the brought coffee. Right? I mean, this is the double standards we have witnessed <laughs> through all those years. Because you got to remember, those officers do not work for the people. They work for the politicians. And the politicians are behind terrorists. So, of course, the polit police officers that are working for the politicians that stand for terrorists are supporting the people that are for the terrorists if there was a freedom convoy if they were a you know a christians for example they're doing this um don't kid yourself we would not get a coffee we would get handcuffs and we would be charged with terrorism just like i was charged with terrorism for telling canadians not to use violence not to use guns and swords, but to stand for God and state-given rights, do it peacefully. We did Lord Supper. Well, that's that's um, a, a criminal activity, I guess. We were singing hymns and national <laughs> anthem. Uh, we had prayer, oh, right? You got to remember, wannabe pharaohs, wannabe pharaohs don't want people to have hope. We were giving Canadians, actually, we were giving the whole world hope and that was unacceptable for any totalitarian regime therefore they decided to crack on us brutally but if you're bringing chaos like the palestinians uh, muslims terrorists homosexuals uh, blm if you're bringing terror if you're terrorizing people if you are uh, a tree hugger that blocks bridges and streets then you will get a protection from the corrupted government because they want chaos. If you are bringing sanity back into the nation, well, you're going to get a stick. So we are very excited about what this lawsuit is going to bring uh, because it will give us an opportunity to uncover this, this plot. Um, we are going after them for conspiracy because that's exactly what they have committed. All the levels of government, government we're going after the municipal, provincial and federal government. We're going after all those agents that were uh, supposed to protect Canadians and have chosen to intimidate, harass and actually in and break the law. Um, so I was told that this might go on for 10 years and I welcome I welcome anything and everything that will come because every way of every step of the way we will be able to let the people like you let the people know what's really going on. So for example, on Wednesday we had a press conference at the courthouse. Everyone showed up. We had a lot of people that came 
to the press conference. We had the CBC television, radio, we had the global, we had all newspapers and, you know, we had everyone over there. And guess, Laura, what happened? Someone out there put a cap on the story because this story is not fitting the narration of the government. They don't want the people to know that there are some people here that are suing the government, that are going after the villains and are going to uncover this criminal plot that was unleashed on free Canadians. So um, they, believe it or not, everyone was there. So reporters showed up. However, the bosses or the politicians, whoever was in charge of this story uh, to be given to the people told them no no we are not covering the story we are not letting the people know this is too dangerous and that's a good news laura i know it's kind of a crazy if you look at it it is a good news because it shows us that they are scared they are scared because the truth sooner or later will be uncovered will be brought to the light and they're like cockroaches those media people those politicians those police officers were going after the the chief uh, uh, police officer newfield that pathological liar that uh, came with his officers to give you a ticket um we're going after him personally uh, we're going after other people that we will uncover we'll uncover their names uh, during the proceedings um we're going after jane doe and john doe from the police. We're going after Jane Doe and John Doe uh, within our CMP. We're going after Jane Doe and John, John Doe um, that will pop up through their discoveries. Um, so this is a massive, there will be hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of people that will be part of this lawsuit. And if it's going to take 10 years, fine. I was already told and I'm ready. I'm ready for that. I was told that they might cost a million dollars. I said, fine. I believe that uh, Canadians, actually the whole world is waiting for someone that would be willing to to plow this field. And I know it's a huge field, it's a dangerous field, and it's a very costly field, but someone has to do it. Laura, Palaskis were born for such a time as this. We were born to take down the giants. I'm not afraid of the giants. And I'm asking your viewers and anyone else that is willing to help us. I understand that um, some people are not able to go after the villains i i get that you have to have support you have to have the resources you have to have the backing but god specifically told me before i went to california just a couple months ago i asked him what do you want me to what do you want me to say to the people what is the message for today for now and i heard him clearly as you can hear me he said this to me enough of the victim mentality tell the people it's time on offense it's time to go after the villains it's time to sue them it's time to expose them it's time to make them pay that's our time right now is our time to go after the villains and uh, we can do this i was asked multiple times 
are you not afraid that you will run out of money, that people will not chip in, that people will not support? No, I'm not. I know what I've heard, and I've heard God himself to tell me it's time to go after them. You are to be the front runner. You are to be the tipping tip point. You are to be this icebreaker that breaks the ice so others can follow. So my thing is, my message is very clear. Come and join us or go and file a lawsuit of your own. Let's go after the villains together. Let's do this together. It's time to expose them. It's time to name them. It's time to shame them. Neighbors deserve to know who is living, what kind of a monster is living next door. And we're going to be able to uncover all of that. So if you go to streetchurch.ca, if you scan this, then uh, you will be able, it will take you to the place where the whole document is massive, almost 40 page document that outlines what we are doing is you can read it for yourself. And when you do, you will be as excited as I am, because maybe for the first time in a, you know, in a very long time, we have this opportunity to find out the whole truth, not just a portion here and there, but the whole truth. I want to know which politicians were, which judges, crown prosecutors, police officers were behind this craziness, health inspectors. Um, it, it, you know, I feel inside of me that there, that there is a shift, that the table has turned, that this is a moment of flipping the tables on them making havoc in their kingdom of darkness, in their criminal enterprise, and bring forth the truth. Because we know, uh, Laura, that the truth sets the captives free. If we will not bring that truth to the people, well, many people will not be able to be free. And again, I'm sounding like a broken record, but I believe it's time to go after the villains. It's time to expose them, shame them, and name them. The people should know their names where, you know, uh, sometimes when you look at them, they smile, they wish you, you know, happy, you know, holidays or, or whatever. <laughs> and you think that they are not that bad. I think those documents and, of course, the discoveries and the whole proceedings will be able to uncover the sinister evil plot that they, those nice smiling neighbors of ours unleashed on law-abiding mm -hmm. citizens and uh, children as well. Yes, and there's a sinister evil plot uh, continuing as well with the Coots 4. And uh, I, I know you've been following that case, and this is four men not having had a fair trial yet, uh, accused and, you know, deemed almost guilty by being kept in jail for now well over 600 days. Uh, but Pastor Archer, I remember when you were sharing after you just got out of jail, what it was like and what they did to you. And it was appalling. You know, most of us do not ever feel uh, that we would, um, you know, end up in jail. Uh, I, I'm not sure that you thought when you came to Canada and, you know, you came here uh, to, um, you know, for a good life. You came out of communism, but I, I'm not sure that you thought that it would end up having been such a horrible experience to fight for the rights of Canadians, but you did have to. And when you were put in jail, you have stories like they'd move you from cold places to hot places. You were put in with the mental health, mental, you know, patients. 
uh, they treated you very badly, and actually, it was the the prisoners that were supporting you on the inside. That's right. I mean, I was treated uh, like a hero by the inmates, and I was treated worse than a criminal uh, by the very people that um, you know said that they are there for law and order. Um, I was treated like a hero because the inmates, they knew I was there wrongfully. I was not a criminal. I have not committed any crime. I was there because of vengeance of a corrupted government institutions and, and villains in the government. Uh, so they knew all of that. It was the guards. Um, and not all of them, there were some good people there as well, but in most part, it was the institution, the Riemann Center, that wanted or was told to treat me the worst way possible. That's why I was put in metal cages. That's why I was uh, put in solitary confinement, which is a torture. That's why I was threatened on a regular basis. For example, when I was fasting, I had multiple officers coming to my cell saying that they have ways to strip me to my bed and force me to eat. Well, that's my right. My religious right is to be able to fast. That's what I wanted to do, but I couldn't because I was afraid they're going to murder me by injecting me or putting me in some crazy place, which eventually they did without the evaluation of the doctors and even the knowledge of Alberta Health Services. I was chained like a criminal. They forced me to walk like a penguin march with other inmates. I was put in another um, uh, metal cages with others. Also, I was uh, put in MaxPod, as you remember, for the most dangerous terrorists. Freezing conditions, minus 28. I was sitting there all day, all night, shivering shivering because I could not function in such a cold weather. When I complained, because of course I was told I am too dangerous to have any interactions with other inmates, the officer laughed and said, at least you have fresh air. And I mean, this is not law and order. This is not justice. This is Soviet Russia, this is China, this is North Korea, uh, this is a totalitarian regime. That's why I told you, I don't believe that Canada is a democratic state. I think we have a totalitarian regime that thinks of themselves as untouchable, that they can do whatever they want, and that's why Freeland can direct her officers to arrest reporters, if reporters are undesirables right now or useless eaters uh, like the nazis would call anyone that was not willing to give the z high and fly the nazi flag so this is a clear repetition of history um that's why i am so excited about this lawsuit because again nuremberg is a must we have to find a mechanism of some sort to expose to the public who those people are and why they were doing this to us, who was telling them to do this to us, and we will be able to do this. And um, we'll see what the future holds for us. And again, if you wanna be part of this, please, please be um, a little, Pawlowski's family cannot do this. We cannot do this alone, uh, just like you, we're able to put political pressure 
and help us to raise enough funds to have lawyers to get me out of prison. Now I'm asking the public to come and help us to go after the villains. Uh, we can do this together. I mean, we the people, there is more of us than of them. Yes, it seems that they have unlimited resources. It seems that they have unlimited power. But you see, that's where our God steps in. When God shows up, it's over for the villains. When you look at the story of David, he did not have the resources the Philistines, the uncircumcised had. What he had was his God, faith, and an understanding that for such a time as this, he has been anointed, appointed, and sent to do his part of the bargain. And he did it gladly. He runs towards Goliath. He strikes his forehead and then uses the enemy's own devices. So right now, Laura, what we are doing, we are using the enemy's own devices to finish them off, to chop their head off. We're using the court system. We are using the disclosures. We are using the Freedom of Information Act. We are going to be using the memos, the texts, the phone calls. We will use their own swords against their own heads. Imagine for a second, like I know it's crazy, but close your eyes for a second and imagine, my friends, seeing those people on a stand sweating, this whole thing, if nothing more just for that is worth, it's worth to see some of those villains on a stand telling us, the free Canadians, why they did this to us, right? I'm telling you, it's going to be a gong show. It's going to be crazy because, again, if you know anything about Pulaski's family, we don't quit. We're not for sale. We don't quit. Uh, because of coercion or blackmail or this or threats. As you know, they tried to murder me multiple times, assassinate me multiple times. They put our house on fire. They unscrewed tires in my pickup truck, trying to kill me uh, by use of accident. I was physically attacked, pistols, knives. Five inmates testified already that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me in prison. Um, so we went through hell back and forth, but I believe that we went through all this crazy ordeal to be able to do this, to be able to, to stand the pressure and expose them and go after them. I can't imagine the premier of Alberta being forced to testify on a stand. Um, imagine Jason Kenney having to come, being subpoenaed to the court, telling us why. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, and you know, and even if, if it takes 10 years, thank you, Jesus, because every step of the way, we will be able to tell you, the public, the viewers of what is happening, the documents, the hundreds of thousands of documents that we will be able to give to the public, because everything in the end will end up as a public record. And that's what we want. We want to uncover this, but also to put it in a public public eye so the public can go through the documents and see for themselves who is who, how evil those people are. I call them monsters. Then, in a way, think, yeah. in a, in a way I feel like uh, you've been like Job. So many things have gone wrong. Uh, this has been quite a, a trying experience, but uh, I'm going to close the show in a moment with um, Job's final 
final days it turns out well for him and we pray that for you so if we could put up that uh that scan one more time i'm just urging all of you um if you've got some extra funds and you could help pastor archer to make sure that he's uh, he's already got a good sum that has begun the process but this could be very very expensive if you would like to help pastor archer please you can hold up your phone to that's a, a scan right there and that will take you i believe to uh streetchurch.ca is that correct pastor archer and so these are a couple of easy ways you can get right into the uh website and there is a donate uh button there and you can donate to pastor archer stand and uh if anyone deserves it it's you and i i thank you so much um, I see you as one of the, uh, the Apostle Pauls in our times, uh, being imprisoned and uh, standing up and fighting for Canada. Um, my final question to you, Pastor Archer, is um, a lot of people, I've been hearing this phrase, um, Canada has fallen. And I'm grieved by that. But with the things that have happened to you, to others, uh, with what our government is doing and the next government coming in, no matter who it is, is not going to be solving all problems, uh, especially the kind that happened to you. Uh, when people say Canada is fallen, what is your message to us? Uh, unfortunately, that's true. Canada has fallen, but that's not end. You see, this can be our beginning. Yes, Canada has fallen because we allowed for Canada to fall because we walked away from God we've walked away from sanity we walked away from the truth we've allowed psychopaths perverts sexual deviants to rule over us for too long because the churches were uninterested the pastors didn't want to get involved in politics the pastors didn't want to be the light in the darkness Christians instead of getting involved in a darkness to bring the light into the darkness they said well i don't want to get my hands dirty so in a way when you allow god to be kicked out of your society being kicked out of your you know court system or media or your nation well we can't really complain that what remains is hell on earth that the devil just kind of moved in and took everything so yes canada has fallen however however here's a good news i would not be so excited if i thought that we don't stand a chance i mean i would not file a lawsuit against the most powerful people in this country if i did not believe that my god is bigger than their idols you see i serve a living god not an idol and they have resources my god has unlimited resources they have power my god is the power they think they have uh, a power authority of our lives god holds my enemies in the palm of his hands you see my enemies woke up in the morning because god still thinks they're useful they're useful like like mosquitoes i don't know i remember many years ago i had a big problem with mosquitoes um, I'll tell you why, because you can have 20 people and those bloodsuckers, they're always after me, just like the politicians today, just like those corrupted police officers, those bloodsuckers always come after me. So I questioned God's wisdom and I said, God, why are those creatures alive? Why you have created them? And then I watch a documentary and I find out that they are needed. 
they are needed, that there is a chain reaction that is happening, that there is this, this master chain that without the mosquitoes, the birds would not have food and no birds. And, you know, like the chain reaction that will happen, ultimately we would not exist. We would die. So even the blood suckers in the police force, the blood suckers in the government are needed for a bigger picture, for something that sometimes we do not understand, but God keeps them alive for something bigger. Mm -hmm. I do believe in a God that is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, a God that holds life in the palm of his hands. And I believe that the moment we, we the people, the church, the moment we come back to God, the moment we invite him back into our churches, back into our societies, back into our families, back into our beloved Canada, when he shows up, Laura, he always comes with freedom, with sanity, with healing. He's, he wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. That's his nature. What we need to do is bring him back where the spirit of the Lord is. There is a liberty. If you want your liberty, if you want your freedom, if you want the healing, bring God back into your society. I think, I truly believe with everything in me that God allowed this great evil, this cancer to spread around because he wants the people to humble themselves, pray, seek his face, uh, call upon him and say, God, we've messed up. We humble ourselves before you. Please come to the rescue. Just like in the book of Judges, I'm telling you that God is allowing this for a bigger purpose. The moment we, we realize that we need him, we desperately need him, he will come to the rescue. He will raise another champion that he wants to use, just like in the book of Judges, and he's going to bring um, our freedom back into our beloved Canada. So in order to heal the cancer, in order to heal sickness, first of all, you must stop living in a denial. You must recognize there is a problem. Now we know there is a sickness. Now we know there is corruption. Now we know there is cancer, there is problem. And now we know who can fix this problem. Uh, we know who can heal uh, the land. And the moment people on a bigger scale recognize this, I'm telling you, God will show up and will clean this land. And I'm super excited about this um, on so many levels. I see more and more people rising up. I see an awakening happening. I see the truth setting the captives free. I see a revival brewing like we have never seen before. I believe, Laura, we are heading into the biggest awakening that this earth has ever seen. I believe we're going to see the biggest revival we have ever seen. I see healings now, Laura, on a regular basis. People in our church with serious sicknesses are being healed when we lay hands on them and we pray for them. That tells me God is on the move. God is on the move. So don't be discouraged. That's what I, you know, all this rant was for one, one purpose. Do not be discouraged. There is hope. The moment God shows up, it's over for the enemy. With God, we have already won. The enemy Amen. just doesn't know it yet. Amen. And I stand with you, and, and so do our viewers, and everybody's watching. They love you, Pastor Archer. Thank you for what you've done. I want to uh, bless you with Psalms 35. And th this is um, uh, some years ago, I, I was in a battle in court. And I would read Psalms 35 regularly, and it says, uh, Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. 
Take up shield and armor. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind and with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Since they hid their net for me without cause and without cause dug a pit for me, May ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their own ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the, in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and the needy, from those who robbed them. You've got God on your side and we support you 100%. I believe this is a God-inspired initiative. I believe the Holy Spirit is with you and that God will be in the courts with you as you proceed with this. Whether I, I hope it's more uh, less than 10 years because it's going to be fun to watch uh, and we want to get lots of updates. But for everyone, please, um, go to this, uh, to the website and to this uh, thing there, JT, if you can put that up one more time and support Pastor Archer. And uh, Pastor, we believe that the Lord is going to contend with those who have contended with you. And we bless you and we're standing with you. Thank you so much. We're still feeding the homeless. We have never stopped. We still have church services if you're in Calgary area. So uh, be blessed, stay strong, don't quit, don't give up. Like I said, we know how the story ends. We have already won because he has won it, that victory for us on that cross. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Archer. We'll talk to you again. God bless you. God bless. It's been my joy and privilege uh, to walk with Pastor Archer so many times. Um, he actually... You know, he came out to Vancouver and he really inspired me to do church out on the street because he was street church. And, uh, you know, he told me if they're going to shut the churches down, just do your own church. Just make it happen. And um, it became a real blessing, you know, and a real inspiration for me personally because he was strong and like a lion. And uh, he would call me the lioness sometimes, right? And uh, I, I just, I was brokenhearted when things would happen to him. Uh, in prison, um, he came on this show and he talked, you know, uh, I know they do and have to do terrible things in prison, but he got more than his fair share and unreasonable treatment and inhumane treatment. And that is not okay. And God was watching. God was watching. And so I pray that there is justice and that God would follow through with this suit and that there, there would be justice for Pastor Archer. So God bless that man. You know, um, uh, my website is laurelin.tv and I appreciate that uh, many of you support that we're here. We tell the truth and, you know, um, I just, I really support Pastor Archer. So if you've only got like 50 bucks today to your name that you can, you know, spare, please support him and uh, let, let God take care of us. Um, if you're able to support the both of us, 
bless you all the more. I appreciate it because we sure need it too to keep going and to pay the bills and keep the lights on. But um, really, like if you've got a little bit extra and you can support anyone, please support Pastor Archer today and uh, bless his ministry. We've been here a while and we're going to keep being here too. I hope that if it's going to take 10 years for Pastor Archer's um, court case, then, you know, maybe we'll have to play a clip from this show, JT, put it in the archives uh, from remember when it all started, Pastor Archer. Uh, we're still here 10 years later. I hope to be here 20 years from now uh, doing this exact thing, bringing you the truth. I'm not going anywhere. This is it. This is the call of God on my life. And other than some trips, I might be going to Bulgaria, apparently, in September um, to preach there. And uh, that is not a covered trip. That is a trip that I, I hope that you'll help me to make uh, because there's some opportunities to bring the gospel and to bring the redemption story. So this is uh, my book, Relentless Redemption. I don't know if any of you have read my story, but I, I'd like to tell you that it's a it's a really incredible thing that God did for me. If, if you look at me today and you think, oh, she's never had any problems or... Um, you know, well, you know, I've had problems because of my big mouth in the last few years. Uh, but, you know, if you think that somehow it just all panned out, you know, so well for me, well, um, you know, I made some horrendous mistakes in my journey that brought a lot of pain and shame. But because of the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, that became my hope. It became the place where I laid all that shame at his feet at that cross and he redeemed me. And because of that, he set me free. Maybe some of you are living a life of regret right now and you're worried um, that the Lord can never use you, that you have failed too greatly for him to ever be able to use you. That was actually my story. And, um, you know, it's been about 30 years of God's amazing grace. It was actually... So it'd be getting close to 35 years because it was in 1999. Um, so sorry, oh, my, my timing's a little bit off here. Uh, but so for, for God really dealing with my heart, it would be like uh, 25 years. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been well over 30 years that the enemy came against me and tried to destroy me and God uh, in his mercy and his grace and, and in his kindness rescued me from that. And in 1999, I, it was actually 96 that I had a powerful um, experience at the cross. And then in 1999, he called me to television and I've been on a journey ever since. And it was, you know, he called me after a time where I, I thought that I just would never be able to recover from the mistakes I'd made. But God in his loving kindness loves each of us and he forgives each of us. So if any of you out there feel that there's something that's happened. I urge you, it's on Amazon, so go get the book. Uh, it's a real fast read because it is written from my gut, and people tell me if they start reading it at midnight, it's a problem because they can't put it down till four in the morning. So don't do that, read it in the daytime. But I wrote from my heart, my soul, a very gut-level, honest, um, honest account of how God rescued me from myself and how he changed everything when I felt that uh, there was no hope. He was my hope. So check that out. Um, thank you very much to all of you who supported us. I appreciate it at that donate button. And we do have snail mail at box 48184. Is that it? Yeah, 48184 in New Westminster, V3MOA7. 
And uh, if you're able to help us to stay on, you can also donate there um, anonymously. So nobody has to know. We appreciate every little bit of it. You are amazing people, and I thank you. I wanted to end today by reading from Job 42. Um, then Job, uh, okay, so in 42, it's kind of all end. So after the Lord um, had seen all that had happened to Job and uh, all the friends, remember Job's friends? Job's friends were nasty people, and they came to him, and they said, well, all of this terrible stuff, it's happened to you because, you know, you're, you're not walking in God's ways. There must be things. You must be displeasing to God for God to have allowed all of this. And when in fact, in Job's case, it was actually the complete opposite. God was so proud of Job. He even said to Satan, read the beginning of the book and the story of Job. God even said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? How amazing he is. God just favored and loved Job. You know, he's, his eye was on him because he was so blessed and pleased with who Job was. And that became a real hard thing because when God said to Job, have you considered how great my servant is? Job says, I can break him. Give me a chance at him, I'll break him. And God gave permission for the enemy to go after Job because God trusted Job's heart. And in the end, God was mad at his friends who pointed out all these nasty things about him. And um, so listen to this. In, in the final book, Job 42, verse 12, it says this, The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep. That was more than he started with. 6,000 camels. Wow, you got a lot of camels. You know that you're doing good. He had a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand donkeys. I hope I get that kind of blessing. All those donkeys and oxen everywhere. That's how you told if someone was wealthy and blessed in those days. He also had seven sons. This was after he lost all his children at the beginning of Job. The only one God left him with was his tyrant of a wife who was a real pain in the keister, if you know what I mean. Like she. She was something else, and, and God left her. Why? Why don't you just take the wife if, you know, give Job some reprieve from how nasty she was? No, no, no. God took, God took the kids and not, not her. In the end, he blessed her, and he had seven more sons and three daughters. I guess he made up with his wife. The first daughter uh, he named, guess what? Jemima. Cool name, right? And uh, on and on and on. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. And their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. Because usually only the boys got the inheritance in those days. But God used his life. And after this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. So he was like great, great, great great-grandpa and so Job died an old man and full of years so life might look rough today but God is a great God and he has a way of turning stories around he has a way of using his power to bless you to restore your life to redeem your life he is faithful 
He's forgiving. Whatever it looks like today, it's not the end of the story. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.